Hello Bondapart listeners, it's Rebecca. I just wanted to tell you that we are now on Patreon, with six different subscription tiers and lots of exciting treats and extras, including bonus mini-episodes, monthly catch-ups, Ask Me Anythings and more. So listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and please go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. I, um, Good. I learned a new expression. I haven't been able to put oh, it into marvelous. my conversation. I, I listened to a podcast about Hedda Hopper and Luella Parson. Oh, yes. And uh, it, the, the daughter of Luella, Harriet, she was a producer and she also did some radio shows and at one of the shows she says well oil my roller skates what yeah (laughs) apparently it seems to be like an expression of surprise so um i'm waiting for something where i can say well oil my roller skates wow well that's a challenge for me yeah that is a bit of a challenge it is wow and do you think it was just her i don't know i I was sort of listening to it while I was walking along and then I've been thinking about it far too much and <laughs> but I you know never enough to to check uh whether it was a more general expression. Wow. Mm. So so it's going to be like you know I'll be saying Beatrice stop trying to make oil my roller skates happen. Yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. No, you need to say something that surprises me. and then... Oh, yeah, no, I know. That was a Mean Girls reference. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what oh, about you? Word. Well, well, I, I, I don't know that I've been doing anything worthy of that expression. Okay. But I'm gradually making my way through the films that I need to watch for Chapter 5. Oh, okay. I can't remember if I've told you any of this already. No. Um. I've watched Love Before Breakfast. So I started with Carol Lombard because she plays a major part in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And so I watched Love Before Breakfast, which I watched years ago. And I'd forgotten that there's this scene where she um, is in costume for a costume party. And you never actually really see the party. That isn't the point. The point is this man who's pursuing her, messing up her date, basically, before she even gets out of the house. But she wears this incredible... I think it must be based on like a Miss Stangate oh, okay. costume. It's incredible because it's like showgirl feathers headdress, but done to the, you know, the thousandth degree. It's like beyond every headdress you've ever seen. And it seems to have like kind of Poiret style harem pants, all white silk underneath. And then just more feathers that are a bit robbed of steel kind of shape mm-hmm. and then glittery glittery top and it's just extraordinary it sounds like proper dedication to fancy dress it really is it really is she has put everything in it that's and what i like it i know we like that mm-hmm. so i really like that and there's also a suit she wears in it i think it's a suit rather than a dress that's wow black and it looks i can't work out what it's made of i'm gonna have to somehow send you a clip or something of it because it's got like 
bits coming off it. It's not smooth. And it, it looks like it's somewhere between mohair and, and like shredded feathers. And I can't work it out. Wow. Because it's if it's mohair, then it's been really teased mm. so that you get, I can't think what you call it, hairs coming off. Mm. So it's really quite extraordinary. And it's not meant to be extraordinary. It's just what she wears to go to this man's office at one point. <laughs> that I also it's just like. Every day. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then I also rewatched for the 4,000th time My Man Godfrey. Which I don't think I've ever watched. Well, it's such a strange story because she's a kind of super ditzy socialite who picks up a forgotten man on a dump in Brooklyn during a scavenger hunt and mm -hmm. because you know their socialites have to go and pick up various random items from across New York okay and she kind of adopts him she says she's going to be his mentor and she adopts him in inverted commas and he becomes their butler but then it turns out he's actually super rich oh okay so it it's a very strange film but mm. amazing Travis Banton both Travis Banton costumes mm. and they're really exquisite like at the beginning scene it's so because like this chapter is about the sort of disturbing combination of like extreme glamour and luminosity versus poverty and deprivation oh, okay. mm. within the visual culture at the time in relation mm. to dress and the first scene is so incredible because it's by the water in I think it is Brooklyn and it's just this dump that the leading man lives in and then she and her sister show up in the most amazing gowns and hers is all white beads you know when they do like really closely sewn bugle mm. beads so it's like I don't know it's like a moving ice cap or something <laughs> it's so glowy and it's so white and then you know her pale skin and her blonde hair so it's all very rich dyer white book but it's also just incredible craftsmanship as well but then the contrast that they're on you know that there's piles of ash and rubbish obviously it's all a set but it's really amazing in an uh, in a true sense of the word not just wow that's amazing mm. but yeah so that's been me does that oh. oil your roller skates pictures? I think it does I think yeah well oh, my roller skates that sounds yeah I can't do an American accent I shouldn't even try um sorry also there is there is a the builders are taunting me this morning so now oh, they're doing no. a bit of a horn sound what yeah, to regale me I can't me. hear any of that yeah. I quite like to hear the horn sound okay yeah. but but I also want to tell you Beatrice if I may continue my monologue yes please um that I when we were away last week we watched um an event a VA online well it was live and online okay. um of Sandy Powell being interviewed which oh, was amazing. Yeah. She is so I, I think I missed uh, the boat the tickets had gone, I think, by the time I looked. I mean she's yeah. such like so intelligent and inspiring and articulate and just brilliant. And you do kind of realise that every film you've ever thought, wow, the costumes are amazing. She is the person who decided. Yeah. So I wanted to just tell you a couple of things from that. I won't tell you the whole thing. I'll I'll tell you more when I see you, but there were yeah. just a couple of things I can't wait. Um yeah, but before you tell me about a few things, so how how was it structured? Did they go through her life or what what did they do? No, it was more um 
it was more that it started with, and this is one of the things I want to tell you about the suit. You know, she had the suit that she got um, people to autograph yes. to, to to raise money for for the Derek Jarman Prospect mm. Cottage, and then it was kind of more. Then it was more quite general questions about how she approaches um, researching a film and like how she chooses a film. And one oh, of the okay. things that mm. I think just adds to my worship of her is she said she will only do a script if it excites her. And that, you know, even though there are certain directors she really thinks is a, a great and would like to work with, if the script isn't good, she still might say no because that's the key thing for her and Mm. so it was more that and then then so it was like general questions and then questions from the audience and it was interesting it's the first one I've watched I think that was live as well as online and it actually worked really well I think but Mm. yeah and she looked incredible as always yeah you could just do a whole evening on on her outfits and hair and (laughs) and, and glasses yeah you could and it was funny because, yes, because while I was watching, I was also DMing with a really wonderful former student of mine called Ellen Bamra, who I love very much. And she wrote her dissertation on The Favourite. Oh. And at one point she was saying, oh, I just realised she's dressed in The Favourite, you oh, know, because okay. she was in black and white. She's like, is there a link? And we were like, oh, my goodness. So that was really funny and nice as well. So so that was quite fun because we were watching a live event online Adrian with me and I were discussing it, but then I was also DMing with Ellen. So we were being multimedia yeah. and hybrid and intermedial throughout. But let me tell you about the suit because, okay, it's made me think many thoughts, Beatrice. Okay. And I want to know your thoughts on my thoughts on the thoughts. Okay. So the suit was a toile that her tailor had made towards an actual suit. Mm-hmm. So I liked the fact that it's like a prototype or a template so it is a complete suit but it's not a complete suit Mm. I like the fact she has a tailor I know I mean that's something we're lacking and need to Mm, investigate yeah definitely but I like this it is but it isn't Mm. and then I like it that it's a toile so it's like a canvas like an artist's canvas yeah and then you don't see the label and you don't know it by the name of the tailor. You know it by her name, but then that changes with each name that's added to it. Okay. So that's been making me think thoughts. And within that, where does the value lie in the suit? Mm. Because usually it's the maker, but it's not, and it's not his complete creation because it's not a complete suit. It's a toile. Mm. or the owner which it definitely is because Sandy Powell is Sandy Powell and we all love and adore her but then it's also the people who've touched it Mm. so it's their (laughs) Coda agrees so it's their touch but it's also the pen marks that they've made so it was making me think of Bourdieu and the, the grief, the signature because the signature is outside And it's written in just like Sharpie pen or something. And it's multiplied because she got big name stars and directors, but she was also really keen, she said, to get, um, you know, people who worked on every aspect of the crew of a film. Mm, mm. So it represents the collaborative nature of film. And it's kind of a collaborative 
creation of a suit. Yeah, I I don't think I have anything to add to you to your deep thoughts. Well, I've been thinking these thoughts a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing, and I need I don't I don't know about the Bourdieu you mentioned, so you must tell me. Okay, it's only in French. I've been trying to encourage i need to encourage again this journal to have it translated because it's a really important thing that's in french but the other thing okay there's there's more things Beatrice. okay there's more things, is that she said that she made sure someone was with her who could film each signature being signed because when she posted on social media the donations to save prospect cottage went up mm. so it's also a virtual suit and virtual value yeah because most people will never see the suit the mm. signatures or anything else it's the kind of i don't know aura but you know by 10 removes mm. of it happening and the act of it happening and her kind of dedication to it happening mm. so it's all these moments yeah and i just found it fascinating did she say did she talk about when she had the idea? Was it just a lot all of a sudden? Oh yeah, I can do she that. She said, "Well, she said she wanted to wear something. She was going to awards seasons, and she wanted to, you know, like the way men could wear the same suit oh, for every all the single time. one. Mm. So she wanted something where it wasn't like she was having to have twenty-five dresses or twenty-five outfits. Something that went across the whole season and was almost like a uniform. And then she was thinking." Like one of the reference she said was was like school shirts. You know, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be a thing that everyone would sign each other's shirts when they left school. Oh, okay. I yeah, I we didn't have that. Mm. Yeah. So she was referring to like other examples where people do that, and then she was also all of this was happening at the same time that Derek Jarman's cottage was being potentially put up for sale and would then therefore not you know, be saved for the nation as the important historic site that it is. So she was wanting to raise money. So it kind of, you know, the two things converged. Mm. And so I think it's really, it's like such an important thing. And yes. then then it has another life because, because it's also like the biography of a suit that isn't a suit that is a suit that becomes a suit kind of thing. Mm. Because, because then it was auctioned to raise another stack of money for, for the for the cottage for the cottage, which was saved, hooray. And it was bought by Edwina Dunn, who is the head of this organization called the Female Lead, which is about promoting women and women, you know, kind of women's excellence. Mm. And so it kind of then loops you back to Sandy Powell, who who I can't remember if she said she knew her before or afterwards I think maybe she contacted her when she bought the suit and then she they I think sponsored this talk okay so there's a real kind of circularity because the other thing I thought was really interesting with Sandy Powell when it was being auctioned she was quite nervous because she didn't really want it to be worn oh which I can really understand because then it because it is like it as she was doing it it was becoming an artwork and something other than a suit Mm. So it would have been weird if someone, and also so allied to her and her identity and her connection to all these people. Mm. So I can see it would have been really weird if someone had just bought it and worn it. Yeah. So this organization or this this person has it now? Edwina Dunn, who runs the female lead, bought it. Mm. So it's like it's it's also preserved in Mm. a way. 
um, which was great. And it and and also, which I wanted to tell you, they someone I think it was someone in the audience asked about how she feels about film costume being shown in museums, oh, and she said, yeah. you know, that she's fascinated by it and she really loves seeing it. You know, particularly like 30s and 40s films, but that she also doesn't like it because it's made for the screen. Yes. So mm. it doesn't work, which I mean, you and I have talked about many times mm. that it doesn't it often does not look good. No. In a museum, because that's not what it's meant for. Mm. And that's you're you're kind of you have to switch off one side of your brain in a way and think of it as a different kind of thing and a different way of looking when you look at it in a museum, don't you? Mm. Um so that was interesting. And also because the suit isn't a costume, but it is a costume. That's true. And mm. it's become more that through adding the names. Mm. So this was my first, that was my first thing that made me think many thoughts. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll quickly tell you two more things, okay? Okay. That I feel super ignorant that I didn't know about Lindsay Kemp who was a great mentor of hers and she dropped out of a costume, not costume, theatre design course to work with him. And he worked with David Bowie and Kate Bush, but he he was this like amazing, like modern dance, mime, director, choreographer, amazing, amazing person. So I've been digging into learning about him mm. and, oh, my God. And Adrian told me he saw two of, of his shows in the 70s, one of which is very famous, which is a, a, a sort of version of um, Jean Genet's work called Flowers. And he also worked with Derek Jarman a lot. And just like this has opened up a whole nother world. Do you know his no, work? No, no. Oh, my God. Bitch is get googling okay just it will blow your mind he's amazing and it made me think about how like sandy powell is part of that amazing world of creativity that you see in the late 1970s that i always think is really interesting in terms of temporality because it seems to somehow link like 17th century sort of excessive decadent art linked to quite kind of violent underworld with 1890s sort of decadence, with Weimar decadence, but then also some kind of Kazuo Ono, Buto dancing Japanese influence that in the late 70s is so kind of excessive and sexual and orgiastic and amazing and expressive, but also quite seedy all at once and like super political and amazing. Wow. Okay, I will get Googling. I think that's about 26 things to Google. <laughs> yes, it is. But I'm just like so excited to discover him. And I feel like a complete idiot that I have somehow managed to live this long and not know his work. But thank you, Sandy Powell, for making me look up this amazing person. When they did had the discussion, did they show any images or how... Not of his work. Okay. No, mm. they didn't show many images. It was more seeing her talking, which yeah. was really nice. They did show a few, but not not many. But she talked really interestingly and expressively about Lindsay Kemp and how important he was to her. And 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 he seems to kind of encapsulate that moment, as I said. Mm. But then my final thing, my final attempt to you know oil the roller skates. <laughs> was she talked about the, you know, the recent version of Mary Poppins, which I have to admit I haven't seen, I haven't but I have now watched either. clips to see the costumes. And I just love this. Do you remember in original? Well, first of all, 
Mary Poppins was the first film she saw in the cinema. Oh, yeah. Here's coincidence time. First film Adrian saw in the cinema. <laughs> first film I saw in the cinema oh, really? when it was revived however many years later. When I saw it, went to see it, I was brought up to London when I was about six to see it in a cinema here. So that's an interesting yes. thing of some kind. But the thing I really love, do you remember in original Mary Poppins, there's a song where you get animated characters come in and dance with them? Oh, it's so long ago I've seen it and I never saw it in the cinema. I only saw oh, it on television. Okay. Well, it's very cute. It's But Sandy Powell said she, she really felt... There's a real mismatch between the animation and the live action that you're constantly aware that you're seeing two things simultaneously. I'm sure you can you can just find mm. a clip of it on YouTube. And so she wanted to try and overcome that with the costume she did for the new version. So she contacted the animators to find out what style of animation they were using and they kind of collaborated and then she and her team, because she stressed, which was really brilliant, how collaborative costume making is and how mm. important the team is. They made the costumes in calico and then they painted onto them to try and make them look 2D so that when you watch it, the animated and the live action blends much better. Uh. And she said they really, they look so different if you see them in real life because it was all about trying to achieve that animated effect on screen and I just loved that I yeah. loved the hybridity of it I love how it just shows you know her intelligence and sensitivity to costume but also the medium that her costume is working in and just this amazing collaboration of people all thinking how do we make like our drawings three-dimensional and the three-dimensional people and clothing two-dimensional so they mesh that sounds so interesting i must i must try and find images it reminds yes. me of... I've, I've sent you a link i've sent you a link while we've been talking that that has an interview where she and emily blunt who plays mary poppins are talking about the costumes and it's got really nice little clips including one that shows you that scene so it reminds me also of i once saw Breaks Progress, the opera, oh, wow. with um, the set and costumes designed by David Hockney. And I think he designed them oh, originally for Glyndebourne, but I saw it yes. in Germany. And um, they look like enlarged 18th century engravings. So he used the sort of hatching, the sort of, you know, scratching um, that you use to to have a darker color and and something like that. They, oh, they wow. it's like blown up and it's black and white and it's that that forms the set. And I think the costumes are like that as well. So they are like again like they're engraved people. Amazing, and amazing. It sounds a bit like that. And it it also reminds me. I I've sort of read one article about a film she did, which I didn't know, but where, where half of it is in black and white. And again, she talks about how partly that was freeing because she could use colors that wouldn't have been around at the time and didn't need to worry oh, about that. Yes. And they didn't have to match. But on the other hand, she said she knew that people were going to photograph on set. So she didn't oh, want it to look absolutely awful. So she, she had to think of of all these things and then also sometimes she said something looked wonderful in color and it just really didn't work in black and white and I always find wow. all of that so fascinating it's so interesting isn't mm. it it's so interesting that 
that shift between black and white and color because that's it's that's so interesting when you watch black and white films that people must have been so attuned to understanding how things registered yeah yeah i wonder whether they were i i don't know i mean i think some of the big hollywood productions like i'm sure i've read people i can't think maybe it was edith head i can't remember but i'm sure i've read a costume designer from that era saying about you know which shades of which colors and how they look Mm. on screen yeah and i like i like in black and white how you then in your head without even realizing give things a color that's true no that sounds absolutely fascinating it was amazing 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 and it just you know i already thought she was super fantastic and the greatest and now i'm just like her disciple (laughs) and and also becoming lindsay kemp's okay I realized that I I haven't watched that many of her films more, more recent. I I've seen all the Derek Jarman ones, but I yeah, but not so much yeah in the last yeah. ten years say. So I I really have a lot to catch catch up yeah. on. Yeah, maybe we need a film festival over yes. Christmas or something. Yeah, because Adrian Adrian was saying he really wanted to ask something, but we ended up not asking anything. But he wanted to ask something about her work with Todd Haynes because that's mm. really interesting. The film she's worked on, yeah, for him. But yeah, she she is amazing, oh. and it was a fantastic. As you can see, I've been thinking about it ever since. Yeah. Well, thank you for <laughs> telling me about it. And you're yeah, welcome. All I want to do now is watch film over Christmas. Well, I can, I, I guess. Maybe I just can. Maybe that's why. Yeah, you can. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you. We yeah. can just watch and watch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, marvelous. That's our homework. Yes. Okay. I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.